Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Hi, I'm Kathy Barrett, and welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about how we navigate down that not-so-yellow-brick road of life. And life is something we shouldn't do alone, so I invite you to spend the next 30 minutes with me as I reveal what's behind the curtain. You know, a few years ago, I went to see and got to meet the legendary Motown songwriting production duo of Nick Ashford and Valerie Simpson, and they were performing at the Regency Hotel in New York City. And as I listened to the inspirational songs they penned, I was unable to sit idle. It was impossible not to be moved by his talent and his enthusiasm when he sang and performed. And together, they made you feel like you were in a house of worship and at the altar of Ashford and Simpson. This show is dedicated to Nick Ashford, who passed away yesterday. He leaves behind an amazing body of work of which... This song, performed by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, in my opinion, is one of the greatest songs ever written. moves me that song it's just one of the best and anyway rest in peace uh moving on to today's topic i have been looking so forward to the show but let me just start out by saying the american uh, with disabilities act was signed into law on july 26 1990 a wide civil rights law that prohibits under certain circumstances discrimination based on disability which is defined as a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits a major life activity. Now, it's hard for me to believe that this law has only been on the books for 20 years now. 54 million of us, nearly 20% of the people living in this country, deal with a disability, and yet it's not visible in our media. 2% of the characters on TV and films exhibit a disability, and only 0.5% of those characters have a speaking line. Theater Breaking Through Barriers, PBTB, as you will hear us refer to through the program, is an inclusive theater based in New York that strives to develop the talents of individuals with disabilities for work on stage, backstage, in the office, and in the audience. Today's show's intention is to bring awareness to the power of inclusion. Disability is not shown as a natural part of life in the media. 
and actors living with disabilities are not cast in the roles of these characters when they are available. So I am honored to welcome Nick Buscelli, wonderful actor, director, and core member of Theater Breaking Through Barriers, and critically acclaimed actress and core member of TVTV, Anne-Marie Morelli. Thanks for being on the program, guys, and welcome. Hi, Kathy. Thanks so much for having us. Hi, thanks. So let's start out. Um, why don't you tell us who founded the company and, and why and when? Sure, Kathy. Uh, Theater Breaking Through Barriers was founded uh, actually back in 1979 by uh, actually our current artistic director, Ike Shamblin. Uh, Ike was a uh, a very uh, acclaimed and uh, highly lauded director. Uh, He actually had had received his doctorate and graduated from Yale University uh, and uh, had been doing a lot of... um, directing here in New York City uh, as well as regionally and uh, also doing some directing for television as well. Um, In 1979, he was actually approached by the um, In Touch Reading Service, which is done through the Jewish Guild. In Touch is a uh, a closed, it's like a closed circuit uh, radio uh, network for the blind where they actually do um, readings of periodicals, uh, the news, uh, and, and all sorts of uh, entertaining programming as well. Uh, and uh, in, in Touch approached him and asked him if he would be interested in directing some uh, radio, some plays for radio for the blind. Uh, and Ike, uh, of course, was was uh, very excited and inspired by that. Uh, he uh, sort of grew up with um, uh, disability. His grandmother was blind, and he used to read to her and take her to the movies and sort of narrate to her what was going on the screen. So uh, it, it sort of held a personal um, uh, space in his heart to do this as well. And uh, after, and, and that too, I also have to sort of add to the fact that around that time, it was 1978, uh, the, um, the play that won the Tony Award uh, in 78 for, for best play was Children of a Lesser God. So um, uh, there, there was, uh, I, I don't know, I guess sort of a little peaking of interest of uh, the disability in America, I guess. So uh, Ike sort of thought to himself, well, I want to be able to do this, and I also would like to win a Tony Award. So uh, what better way to do this than to uh, start, you know, uh, if, if if they can win if they can win a Tony Award for a wonderful play about actors who are who are deaf and and hearing impaired, well then let's let's sort of raise awareness for the blind as well. Uh, so he started uh, doing his his plays uh, for the In Touch Network, and then uh, he sort of went to the Jewish Guild and uh, formed a company there with uh, some actors who were blind as well as sighted. And uh, from and that's pretty much how uh, theater theater by the blind TBTB in its original incarnation uh, came to be. Um, it was he had done he had done a lot of individual radio plays, and then I think it was 1983 that he did his first actual stage performance here in New York. And then oh, that that's really a, a very inspiring story for me too. I'm like sitting here and I have chills, you know. Just <laughs> but the um and then you 
you know, the, the company started getting great reviews. Wasn't it the Times that came in and, and saw the production and they couldn't tell who was blind and who had sight and they couldn't Exactly. Really, they were blown mm-hmm. away by the amazing performances and the production and and uh, everything that they witnessed and then that kind of took off. And then how are you guys funded? Is it private donations? Um, it's we actually we're we're a nonprofit theater company, so we are founded in several ways. We receive some government subsidy. We receive uh, a lot of uh, funding from foundations, uh, uh, and and then of course we we you know most importantly the thing that we're always striving to build um, is really individual support. Um, we do not. We we have it. We have a, a subscription. Well, we don't have a subscription base, but we do have a, you know a, a, a large audience. Um, but we we uh, you know without our funding, it's been it's been really obviously very difficult the last few years because a lot of our funding uh, from government and and corporate funding has been drastically cut. Um, we're fortunate in that we still we still have some foundations that are very um, loyal to us, and we're we're so happy about that. Um, That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll have some listeners today that will, <laughs> will feel the need to go into their pockets and write some checks. I mean, oh, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be wonderful. And so then at some point, which was, I guess this was a few years ago, um, the company was expanded to include not just those with sight issues and blindness, but um, anyone with disabilities was welcome to come into the company. Yes, that's okay. that's that's sort of that's sort of uh, that happened around 2008. And it and I have to be very clear um, from the very beginning, we were always uh, at TBT. We was always an integrated company. While we um, we we really featured uh, actors who were who were blind or uh, had. Uh, visual uh, disability uh we we showcased uh, all actors so we we were all we were always all inclusive working with actors of of all disabilities as well as actors who who were not disabled at all it was always an integrated company um right. but but um for the public record for uh i mean we, everyone knew us as theater by the blind and so and people always would call us theater for the blind or or they would automatically think oh they're blind actors they're all blind actors and um it it kind of limited us as it sort of pigeonholed us into one particular um i guess demographic um right. and uh, it was i don't know i think uh, uh it, it also limited us as far as who came to see our shows, who came to see our work. Um, while Theater by the Blind is a, is a is a very solid name when you're appealing to funders because they know exactly what we're de- what they're dealing with. For an audience, a lot of times they 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 tend to shy away from it. I mean, we've had we've had people that have said to us, "I will be happy to contribute to your company, but I really don't have any interest in coming to see the company because they were they had this idea in their mind that you were going to see a group of um, blind actors stumbling around the stage, uh, and it would be some sort of therapy theater or something, and that's not what we were ever about. Um, uh, and, and of course, certainly that's not what we are about now. No, not at all, not at all. Mm-hmm. And so how did you guys become uh, involved with the company? Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, 
uh, well, it, I'll, I'll sort of give you the, the I'll try to give you the condensed version here. Uh, in 1988. Uh, uh, both Amory and I are from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, and in uh, 1988, um, it turns out that um, Richard Harris uh, was actually going to be producing uh, and directing and starring in a workshop production of Julius Caesar that he, was, that he wanted to eventually bring to Broadway, but it never materialized, of course. Um, and uh, he decided he was going to do this as a work in progress, in Scranton, he wanted to use a lot of local actors, and uh, it would, he would introduce this work, and at the same time, he would um, bring people to come and see it. Um, so uh, both Anne-Marie and I uh, both uh, were cast in this production, and uh, there was an actor from New York who um, apparently had some connection with uh, uh, the company that was producing the show, and was able to get into it as well, and this actor's name was George Asciotis. Uh, George, uh, George is a remarkable actor and uh, also happens to be blind. Uh, so he came to Scranton uh, to do this production with us of uh, Julius Caesar with Richard Harris, and uh, we, we became very good friends, very fast friends with George. And while we were while we were working together, he had mentioned he was you know living here in New York, and he had been working with a theater company here called Theater by the Blind, and he was telling us about it. Of course, we were really interested. Um, after uh, we finished our production with uh, with Richard Harris, a few months later, he was doing a production here in the city of Agatha Christie's The Unexpected Guest, and he uh, said, "Why don't you c- come and see it?" So we we came out to New York to see the the show. It was done. Right on Theater Row, right uh, at the old um, Beckett Theater on 42nd. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, I have to tell you, uh, again, we had sort of this preconceived notion, knowing that George was blind and that a large percentage of the company were, were blind or um, uh, had a visual, had some sort of uh, visual uh, disability. And uh, the, the production was incredible. It was really a remarkable show. Uh, the one thing that I remember so vividly, um, <clears throat> George was playing the lead, and he had an, an actress. Um, uh, her name was uh, her name is Lucia Puccia, and she was um, sitting stage left, uh, and and she had she had to smoke a cigarette. So she pulled the cigarette out, and she she held it. And George was stage right on this top level, and without missing a beat. He walked down the steps, pulled out the cigarette lighter, and lit her cigarette um, <laughs> with, with, without any without any uh, without any assistance, without any guidance. I mean, I, I'm a sighted actor, and I know that if ever I have to light a cigarette, there's always some sort of uh, some, <laughs> someone has to steady the hand there. But it was just I was just amazed by the fact that that was done so effortlessly, and and, and immediately I turned to Henry. I was like, Is is George? really blind or is he <laughs> how did he do that we, we were amazed I said um, I said he's lying there's no way that man is blind yeah so uh, so and 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 Lucia also was uh, is blind so it was just it just amazed us that that this was able to uh that they were able to do I mean that's such a little a simple piece of stage business um just was so incredible um so after that we sort of we we, we really became big fans of the company um, actually hadn't started working with the company until um, around 1997. Um, and we got involved with the company uh, basically by doing uh, 
um, readings for them. Um, a lot of times whenever they're, we're trying to decide a season, we uh, would get together and do readings of plays really so that the, the actors who, were, who are blind in the company could actually hear the plays being read. So it, it just sort of... Uh, it, it sort of kills two birds with one stone. We're able to all read, get together and read the play. We have a meeting. Uh, it helps the blind actors to, to to hear the play and form an opinion of it as well. And um, Ike also does, uh, that's sort of his way of um, auditioning members as well uh, through just getting actors together to read. <laughs> uh, and that's how we, that, yeah, it was wonderful. So that's how we all became uh, involved. And then I was, uh, I guess I, I came across an article in the Post where uh, Chamberlain was explaining why he expanded the company to include physically disabled performers. And I, it said at one point, you know, not just to kind of widen the talent pool, but it became personal that, you know, one of his sighted actresses at the time, the very beautiful and talented Anne-Marie Morelli, developed <laughs> multiple sclerosis. And right. so... So how I mean, to me when when I when I read that I was like wow I mean if there's anyone that can really be a spokesperson for what you do, it's uh-huh. you. I mean you've you've straddled both sides you know of the fence there you know uh, being being you know with the company and then having this disability you know come into your life and then having to perform with a disability and be cast as an actress and so on and so forth. So right. can you speak to, to that? How how was that experience, you know, for you as an actress? Um, what can you tell the producers and writers and casting agents out there about what you bring to your roles as a person now living with disabilities? Well, actually, you know, just to, to, to you know, preface that, the thing was I had already been working with the company, and at that point, I was walking, I, I was perfectly fine, but, you know, I wasn't, I knew I had MS at that point um, okay. when when I started working with the company in 97. I had already found out that I, I did have multiple sclerosis, but at that point it really hadn't affected me too much physically. It was really like, you know, starts and stops, so it was it wasn't that big an obstacle. So I had already been working with them, and, I, you know, I did did a production in 90 I think 98 we did a production of Vasa and of uh Vasa Jelisnova which was a, a production we did then also at the Beckett and I was walking and fine um however <laughs> years go by and um at this point I am you know it it turned in you know I started using a cane and then all of a sudden the cane wasn't enough and now I'm in a chair and um Actually, we when we did Midsummer Night's Dream, which was right before the company changed um, names, um, it was not. I, I mean, I was very lucky to have a past with this company because a, a lot I, it, to have to have the producer who is also Ike. Ike is like you know the king of this company, so he does everything. He's He's artistic director, producer, director. He's he's everything. And thank God, because uh, in order for me to do stage at this point, I mean, he it was not a cheap investment for them. They had to build they had to build a ramp for the stage because stages are not equipped for people in in wheelchairs. 
sorry to say. I mean, there are, you can go as an audience member and you can watch a show because they, you know, they they allow for uh, people with physical disabilities in the audience, but stages are not that way. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, they built built this giant ramp for me. So and and I actually had at, at the theater we were doing it at um, the dressing rooms were on the second floor, so they actually built a whole section for me to serve as a dressing area backstage. I mean, I was very lucky because of that because uh, at this point a lot of people say oh wheelchair and that's just too much of an investment for a lot of producers to to take on unfortunately but what they don't oh, understand that, that has to be changed sorry that i mean i mean that's just that's the architecture unfortunately of of theaters and that does need to yeah. be changed in my opinion i'm sorry <laughs> No, 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 but listen, now, we, you know, look at all the money we spend having people and actors fly around the theater, okay? So if that can right. be done, it's just a mess, you know, it's just really... I mean, you know, it's just all these all these stairs and steps, and, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, in fact, it was funny because during Midsummer when I when I was Hermione, which um, worked out perfectly if, as far as the script goes. I mean, they're talking about Hermia as... Uh, lesser than or the minimus and you know she's she's short she's the, and of course I was short because I was sitting down so they could have hired anyone to be Helena who is supposedly this tall tall you know tall drink of water there it doesn't matter because everybody was taller than me I was sitting in a chair for the whole show <laughs> but it was great because a lot of people said said you know after the first like 10 seconds of watching it and I had a lot of people say this they were like I, the chair wasn't even part of it anymore, and that's the thing because we're not looking. We're not looking. This isn't therapy theater. These are these are professional actors. Everyone involved in this in this company, they're professional. This is the only professional um, theater in the United States that employs actors with disabilities. These are professional actors. It's you know, it's actors' equity. We are all union actors. We just happen to have a little bit of difficulty doing something, whatever, whatever that be. With me, it's walking. With others, it's blindness. We have, we have another person who is deaf. We have people with cerebral palsy. I mean, but we're all professional actors. We've all studied. We all know what we're doing. Absolutely, and I can vouch for that. I mean, I just saw the uh, your latest production this summer. Um, some of what did I? Now I can't find my notes. That you it's read. some of our parts. <laughs> oh, some of our parts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Over the summer, and it was you know seven ten-minute plays uh, that uh, you guys had commissioned out to very you know well-known, talented um, playwrights, and I. It was one of the most entertaining evenings I've had in the theater in a long time. I thought it was just brilliant. But uh, before we get to that, I just want to go back uh, for those listening that, you know, Anne-Marie does have multiple sclerosis, you know, which is an autoimmune disease, and it affects the brain and the spinal cord, the central nervous system. And um, so I want to be clear with that, but also that you got rave reviews from the Times uh, being cast as um, uh, in a midsummer's night's dream. And there was, you know, a lot written about it about that uh, particular production, saying how really brilliant it was. 
and um, fascinating and genius. I think the time was some of the words the Times used. So that's really right. something we'd be proud of. And it's just, you know, and it and it's true. It's like the blend of first of all, I think as human beings, we all live with one form of disability or the other. I mean, mm-hmm. let's just say there could be a lot of people under the title asshole, which <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, it's true. You know. You know, so, uh, and they're very tough to work with and whatever. So I, I just think that, you know, which is kind of my wish for this program in this week is that we would change our perceptions, you know, mm. uh, in the way that, that that we look at things, you know. But anyway, getting back to um, uh, some of the other questions I wanted to find out. So how do you cast for the productions? Wow. Are you just using company people, or how do, how do you go about doing that yourself? Well, you know, um, Ike is, um, I, and, I, and I always have to go back to Ike on this one, because uh, as the artistic director, we, we're, we, we usually only have, at this point, um, a two-show season. Over the last, the last year, we were, unfortunately, because of the um, yeah, economy, we were only able to do the one show, but we, we will be going back hopefully uh, next, well, this season we'll be going, we have a few things planned, but next uh, we're going to be going back to a two-show season. Usually what ends up happening is Ike likes to, um, uh, he always likes to have some people that he, he knows and he's familiar with in the company, in, in his cast, but he always loves to work with new people, and we're always reaching out to other um, other actors. We have, we always hold um Auditions, uh, obviously, uh, EPA, eligible performer auditions through Actors' Equity, so we're always looking at new talent. Um, We like to hold special auditions as well for any um, actors or performers with disabilities. Um, the, uh, uh, The requirement is you do not have to be in the union to be a member of our company. We, you know, we we're really interested in in the artist and interested in the talent and. Um, that's the most important thing. So um, we do get uh, we we do get a lot of a lot of actors and a lot of people coming to audition. The, since we've expanded our mission, it's really opened the door even wider, which is great for everybody. It's great for us because now um, a lot of actors used to think, well, they're, that's feeder by the blind. We we can't really audition for them because they're looking for blind actors and. Um, you know, I, I am, I'm not blind. I have a disability, but now everyone knows that it's that it's open for everyone. But it's but it's not just people with disability. I mean, that's the thing. You don't have to be disabled to be part of it either. Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> um, again, we're the, one of one of the things uh, that's that's very important is that we always remain an, an integrated company. Uh, again, it's 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 about the art. Um, we're all we're all artists, and it's really important. And the thing that really is so, so sort of devastating is um, just because a person has a disability, um, it it sort of it limits them. Uh, it, you know, people feel that it, it it limits them, but it doesn't. I mean, you're it, 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 art comes from another place. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily come from your legs or from your arms or from your eyes. It comes from it comes from your soul, a different, and and that's something we all have, and uh, we all have a, uh, you know, so much to offer and so much to express, and it becomes very, very difficult when, um, and very sad when when people are are uh, stymied from that. Yes, absolutely. So, 
So it's it's you know well, we're I'm sorry. No, I, I was just thinking that here, what you have, it's just a matter of you know shifting that awareness. And once anyone goes to see one of your productions, mm-hmm. you immediately walk out and say, "Well, well, here it is. I mean, this is like this is the template for what every theater company should be. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there's no other way to go to me. There, there should not be exclusion for any reason whatsoever. I mean, you guys prove it without mm-hmm. a doubt, uh, and and prove it very brilliantly." So well, I think you. anyone who just goes in and, and sees one of your productions will walk out and say, gee, why didn't we think of this? You know, <laughs> it's, it's just that simple. But mm-hmm. um, so also, how do you come to, uh, because I, I also think the the work that you do, the, the plays that you select, how you go about casting them, mm-hmm. the stage, you know, uh, production values, everything that you do is so artistically done. So how does the company come to the origina- origination and development of whatever, you know, what you want to do next season or the season after and so on? How do you come to that? Is it a group thing? Is it just a vision, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for uh, Ike, et cetera? Uh, no, it's definitely a group thing. When it's, I, it's always been a group thing. Um, Ever since we've been involved with the company, and I know certainly before that, it, it was always um, sort of a, a group motivated, obviously, Ike is the artistic director. He sort of put, puts forth. Oh, he has um, the final decision, yeah. definitely. But and and he'll put forth ideas as to you know what he would like to do, and then uh, we all sort of get together and kick those ideas around. And of course, new ideas come from that. I can't tell you how many times we've um, started. You know, we we've maybe started in one direction, and then something happens, and immediately we all decide. You know what? We need to be doing this instead. Um, it's, it's a wonderful, you know. The, the great thing about it is it, we are all part of it, and uh, we're all actively involved. So it's not just, um, you know, one person decides and we just all follow. <laughs> uh, well, that sounds like the perfect working environment as well, creatively. You know. Oh, it's uh, it's wonderful. It's it's oh. ideal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the the uh, sum of uh, our parts. Um, you were they already existing plays, or was this just written for the theater company, or it's a little bit of both? Uh, actually, no. We um, the, the, this is kind of an interesting <laughs> an interesting story too. Um, we uh, we weren't quite sure what we were going to do with this year because uh, again, not that I want to keep stressing the economy. Um, uh, when 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 the economic turndown hit in 2008, we weren't immediately affected by that because usually funding goes out a year in advance. So we didn't start feeling it until about a year after. And by by uh, this you know this past season, our what we consider our 2010 season, um, we we really had a we were very very limited as to what we could do, and we were trying to, we were trying to come up with an idea that was cost effective. Uh, as well as uh, something that would be artistically uh, enriching. And we'd been talking about the idea of doing um, a play festival for uh, a number of years now. Um, But uh, we finally uh, finally came to this idea that we should should maybe consider doing it. So we, uh, uh, we, we commissioned, we actually went out and asked, oh, I can't even tell you how many playwrights all over the place, uh, and asked them if they would be interested in uh, writing a 10-minute play 
about disability. And this is important, I have to say, Kathy. Our, we don't do plays, we don't always do plays about disability. In fact, this production was the first play that we've done in a long time that talked that really was about, specifically about, you know, plays about disability. Um, we, we don't want people to think that if you come to a TV, TV show, it's always going to be about disability. Our, show, our shows are, we, we, most of the time we do, we do, we do a lot of things. We do Shakespeare. We do um, we do a lot of Gurney. Uh, we we've done uh, Agatha Christie. We do a lot of different plays. So we've done Brecht. Yes, we've, we've done mm, we've done a lot. Yeah, uh, and right. we've got all, we, yeah. So it's so it, it's very important that uh, you know this particular show. We wanted it to be specifically that was going to be sort of the common thread. And uh, right, but even that was very unique. It wasn't you, you know the the normal kind of. Uh, twist on things that you get. It was t- it was it was just one of the most invigorating nights at the theater I've I've had in a long time. So it wow. was you know even that was approached from to me. Uh, I wasn't. It was a total surprise and totally uh, unexpected. You know. Thank you. Um, it, we were very very happy with it. Um, we got we we received some wonderful response from. Uh, some incredible playwrights, and uh, the the plays that they had um, uh, written for us were really remarkable. They were funny. They were clever. Uh, they had a message, but they weren't so preachy or didactic that you felt that you were you were you know in church or something that you were being you know screamed at. Um, Not at all. Uh, and it was it, it was just a, again a, a very wonderful uh, experience for for all of us. The other the other advantage is um, we really had a chance to work with a larger number of people because we were doing ten minute plays, because we sort of had a limited run. Rather than doing a a, a play that would run for five or six weeks with five or six actors, we were able to do a, a, a you know have fourteen actors on stage, um, most of them disabled in some way. So it was a, a great experience. Well, let me ask you guys. I mean, okay, you mentioned uh, Anne Marie about you know just that theaters in their present state are really not set up to deal with uh, actors you know living with disabilities, especially in terms of wheelchair and where the dressing rooms are and so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. why why do you think that other than that there is so much difficulty getting actors living with disabilities cast in roles, and not just that, but more that. More roles are not written for actors living with disabilities, and and that they're not cast in those roles. It's just it's um, really mind-boggling when you think about how many people are living with disabilities, and yet they're not really represented in the media. That's it. I think honestly, and and I I mean again, I don't want to sound preachy, but I honestly think people are afraid that if we're too much in the forefront. I don't know. Is it catchy? I mean, you know, I mean, is it something is it something that will happen to that? And the thing is, I think most people have somebody in their life that is disabled or is going to become disabled, whether it's themselves, a family member, a close friend, whatever. And the thing is to have that in your face, I think it kind of kind of freaks people out. They're they're like, "Oh, wait, that's a little too close for me." Um as far as producers or, or directors or whoever is casting, I, I again, I, I think they have this thought that it would be therapy for that person. They're not looking; they're assuming that this person 
can't possibly be a good actor because they you know they can't see they can't walk they can't they can't do whatever whatever it is so therefore they can't act it's better to get someone who's perfectly able bodied and have them pretend to be disabled and wow what an incredible acting job that must be mm-hmm. to to allow people to pretend that there's something wrong with them cuz wow that's an actor for you um they're assume you know they're assuming that if you're that you're less than almost that you're less than i mean if you're going to the store and you're buying a can of soup and i mean you look through it and if if one of the cans is dented you're going to put that one back and you're going to look for a better you know the perfect can so you don't want to get the person that's got a little dent in them it's intimidating. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to add as well, Kathy. You know, I think sure. um, I think a lot of times uh, part of it is, is our society um, because we're always uh, very much enamored of the idea of perfection. And the pretty people. And the yeah. beautiful people. And uh, people don't want to have to look at, uh, a, I don't know, disability in some way because it's, suddenly too real uh, uh, and and um, m- sometimes makes people feel uncomfortable, which I, I can't really, it, it just amazes me that that's how, that's how many people feel. Um, one, of the, one of the things in, in um, uh, one of the uh, plays we did in some of our parts uh, uh, was a play that I directed called Casting Calls, and it, it, it dealt with um, the this character, Ike Shamblin, who was calling to try to find work for his actors, and every time he would call uh, a producer to you know, go and see the actor, the, the, the producers had a million reasons why they didn't want to see them. And the fact is, the, those, all of those stories were true. Were true. Uh, the, the playwright basically wrote those because she, we told her all of those stories, so she just basically incorporated them in her play. There was one situation where one of our actresses, um, Mary Archbold, was uh, up for a role on um, a television show, and uh, she was uh, she had, was called back several times. They were very interested in her, and the, the role was for a, 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 a soldier who was in the Iraq War who had lost her arm. And Mary does not she she has a, a, a prosthetic arm, and uh, it came down to her and another actor who did who didn't who was not disabled at all. And they chose the other actor and decided that they wanted to CGI CGI uh, the, her her arm so that it would not appear. And and the the, the the network decided they felt that it would make other actors uncomfortable on the set to have to deal with an actor without an arm. Well, that's the that's the person who needs the therapy, though. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that that's a true story. A lot of times, producers feel that it's. Yeah, it's it it it's just it's just too much trouble. It's much easier rather than having to oh make special concessions for uh, a person with a disability. It's much easier to just hire an able-bodied actor, stick him in a wheelchair, CGI their arm off, or or you know, and then that actor yeah, actors win awards for playing disabled. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's a guaranteed Oscar right there. It really <laughs> is. Uh, if, so look at look at uh, the 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 winners of Oscars over the past ten or fifteen years, and you can see that how many actors or actresses won won awards for playing a disabled uh, character. You're right. Um, You're absolutely yeah. right about that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a lot of awareness that uh, has to really be changed about this. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm a big fan 
I have to tell you, so I'm definitely, you know, not just uh, as a writer, um, you know, do I commit to continuing to deepen my understanding of what it's like for people living with disabilities so that the characters I create have more authenticity. And mm. that's, but that's the way people, that's what people connect to, you know, yes. those stories that we all connect to. And it's, you know, who we're being in the face of adversity that mm. is, you know, what makes it a, a great program or a great story and all of that depth. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm with you guys. I can't believe that we have... Uh, just a few minutes left, and I want to um, I want to get to what's happening right now to the theater company. Company, what's coming up in the future that we should know about? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Uh-huh. Immediately. Well, <laughs> that's very interesting. Um, right now, we're we're in uh, in rehearsals where we've, we're actually going to be attending um, an international theater festival for the blind and visually impaired in uh, Croatia, in Zagreb, Croatia. We're going in October. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, this festival is really incredible. Um, we started, we, uh, it, it's held every every other year, uh, and uh, we started attending, the first time we went was October of... Um, 2001. 2001, just a few weeks after 9-11. Um, and uh, it's really, uh, it's it's wonderful because... There are uh, blind and visually impaired theater companies from, I like to say all over the world, but it's really at this point mostly Europe and the U.S. Uh, that, uh, and the U.S. primarily just being us, uh, going over <laughs> to Croatia to, uh, to sort of meet, to perform for each other, uh, to have meetings to discuss how our, uh, how, you know, how our companies can grow and change. Uh, when we started going to the festival, we were theater by the blind. Um, we are, we still, we still attend, uh, even though our mission statement has broadened. Um, and uh, actually, we also go with the intention and the hope that the festival will will broaden as well. Um, uh, not that that's what we're, that's not what we're out to do, but uh, we, we, you know, we want. Um, you know, we 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 want just the whole idea of. Uh, Disability in general to be embraced and accepted, um, uh, you know, throughout the world. Um, but uh, it's an incredible. Is someone going to incre- film that? Um, someone going to be? We would have loved to have had someone come and film it. We were planning to bring a videographer. Unfortunately, uh, funding we, the funding <laughs> the funding won't allow at this time. Um, we are going to be bringing uh, an excerpt from the play that you had just seen. Some of our parts. We're going to be bringing a few of our ten-minute plays over. Um, one of our one of our actors, uh, 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 Pamela Sabah, who is actually uh, blind. She's she's legally blind. Um, she ha- has also written a uh, one-woman show, which he which he hopes to premiere next year at uh, New York's at the Fringe Festival next year. Um, she's going to be bringing that as well. So we're going to be bringing uh, two shows. Uh, uh, from TVTV. Um, well, next year, uh, next year, yeah. uh, next year we're going to be planning uh, again. Uh, our we're going to try to go back to a two-show season. We have a show planned, uh, TBA. The show is uh, to be determined. Uh, we're going to be doing that in April, and then next June, because uh, this particular ten-minute play festival was so successful, we we are hoping to bring it back again next year um, with a whole series of new. Plays. We'll call it more of our parts, and uh, we will be back hopefully next June with uh, a, a whole bunch of new plays from uh, 
other playwrights. That's awesome. Well, listen, we have, uh, we're probably going to go a little, just a minute or two over the show, so I just uh, want to let people know that if you're listening live, you can go in and uh, listen to the archive of the show immediately following it to hear the end if you get cut, cut off. But I don't want to cut these guys off because you know, such important information. And um, And basically, so I just wish that even... Some of you take a little camera with you and just film some of the behind the scenes of what you're doing around, you know, the world and your travels because it's it's really it's something you can put up on your website and hopefully draw more people to you know to what you're doing. I just I think you guys are excellent and I love the theater company and really wish you continued success in, in everything you do. Um, just any last minute thoughts that you have, any words that you want to get out to everyone. Um, oh, my. listening to the program today that you need to share. First of all, Kathy, thank you so much for having us and for, for, for allowing us to, to, to come on to your, your incredible show. Uh, just It's so wonderful to talk to you and uh, to be able to share with, uh, with, with uh, your audience. Uh, uh, please come and see our work. Um, <laughs> most importantly, that's, the most, that, that's one of the most important things we could say. When you, when you come to see our shows, I mean, if you have a particular perception as to what you may be seeing, I can guarantee you when you come to when you do come to see the show, that perception is going to change in a very positive way. Definitely. We're we're, we're again we're are we are all artists. It's about it's about the art, and you'll notice that when you sit in our audience, uh, you may first notice disability as it comes on stage, but that immediately melts away. And you really get uh, you get a wonderful uh, you'll have a wonderful experience a wonderful show um, whatever it is we're doing uh, so we encourage you to come and see us come and visit us uh, you can visit our website tbtv.org uh, and uh, we'll hope to see you uh, soon. <laughs> And any musicals in the future? Because I'm telling you, just from doing the show and the research, I've written the musical wheelchair number in my head already. So now I want to see <laughs> All right. That's wonderful. I mean, you know, it's very interesting okay. that you should mention that because we were talking about it. We have a lot of really incredible musicians uh, in our company. And uh, we've done shows with music before. Um, uh, certainly the, the, the show that Pamela has written that I I'd mentioned she she wrote all all, the music. all original music as well. So um, wow. y- yes, we will. We are definitely uh, hoping to do some musicals uh, in, in the very near future. Really, uh, original musicals are what we want to do. Yes, that would be awesome. Well, let me mm-hmm. just say um, my wish for this week is that our society's obsession with perfection, as we were talking about before, shifts mm-hmm. into a new perspective and one that understands that there is beauty in our imperfections. And if we keep trying to airbrush them away or make believe they don't exist, we are missing out on discovering so much about ourselves in the process. Disability can happen to any of us at any time. This is not someone else's issue. It belongs to all of us. And to me, the most beautiful stories and characters come as I mentioned before, as who we are being in the face of adversity. It's the birthplace of inspiration. So I want to thank Nicholas Ficelli and Anne-Marie Morelli and Theater Breaking Through Barriers for being my, my guest on the program this week and for the amazing work that everyone associated with TBTV does. I invite everyone tuning into this program to go to tbtv.org, make a donation, 
get on their mailing list, and be sure to attend their next production. It's an unforgettable night at the theater. Be inspired, join the cause, lend your support. We invite you to fan our show on Facebook. If you missed um, Behind the Curtain Live, you can listen to the show in archives. Go behindthecurtain.com, our website has all the shows archived, as does blogtalkradio.com slash behind the curtain. I'd love to be your office mate, so join me for lunch. We're on every Tuesday at noon. Load us onto your iPod and take us with you on your walks or on your run. I want to be a part of your week, and I invite you to be a part of mine. And next week, we continue raising the level of awareness for people living with disabilities with our show, Making a Difference. Our guest, Danielle Fermaint, will be here along with the folks from Job Path. Danielle lives as a spastic quadriplegic who was born with cerebral palsy. She's legally blind and she has a speech impediment. Make no mistake about this, it does not define who she is as a young woman. She's determined to make a difference in her community and in this world, and she is an unstoppable force in her quest for equality. So make sure you tune in to that show. I'm so honored to have your listening and privileged to have the amazing guests that come to the show week after week. I know how precious 30 minutes is during the course of any day, and I don't take your listening for granted. So go behindthecurtain.com, drop me an email. This is Kathy Barrett sending you a virtual hug from Behind the Curtain. May your week be blessed with light and love. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll be here with me. Until then, peace.